This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by the Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to thebeanbastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to the Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. What is up, everybody? Hope you are having a great post-Thanksgiving as of when you're hearing this. This is another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, and I am your host, John. And this episode's guest is Jamie Madrox of Twisted. They have a new album out already called Unlikely Prescription. Uh, But we don't really necessarily talk a ton about that. Uh, We kind of hit on it a little bit at the end, but this is more kind of... Just a fun conversation, as they always are now with everybody I have on. It's not a, a traditional, like, well, so tell me about the the new record and blah, blah, blah. This kind of starts out with us kind of shooting the shit, uh, you know, talking about Astronomicon, how they've kind of moved things, how they're, they're always kind of pivoting and then kind of just, you know, talking about business and having a good business acumen and how to grow your brand, grow your business, and how you can do it while not fucking anyone over. Um, it's one of those where, you know, the the genesis kind of of some of this conversation really started back with the King Gordy episode I had done, which I can say that now. I know who I talked to. I know what the fuck we said. Unfortunately, at the time, I was drawing a blank, and I'm like, oh, you know, the other dude with Bizarre and fucking Lars. <laughs> Um, but yes, the King Gordy episode really kind of set the the foundation for some of the talking points in this episode, uh, and just kind of my love and, and of, of Twisted and what they do and even, uh, you know, correlating to what ICP has been doing and what they've been doing on their own with psychopathic records and just, you know, their own career as well. But it's one of those where, you know, 
I was listening to uh, Doc Coyle uh, podcast, the X-Men podcast with Dan Sugarman uh, of Ice Nine Kills and, and a slew of other bands. And it's funny that I'm doing this episode and I just listened to that episode. And there's actually a correlation between the two where, you know, Dan and Doc were talking about, you know, the success of having to be a musician and, and the success that you have and also being content creators and, and being more than just a skilled musician who knows how to write good songs. It, it takes so much more. Uh, and, and you really have to be business minded now. And it was one of those things where Dan had kind of made a comment about, you know, he listens to other business podcasts and stuff like that. And even with talking with, you know, Spencer, who has done actually a song on the new uh, Twisted record and that was a big advocate for the band when they both played Warp Tour. Uh, it was one of those things where Dan was talking about, you know, he learned a lot of what was successful for, for Spencer and for Ice Nine when he kind of get got into the fold of that band. And that, you know, he says that successful people leave breadcrumbs of of paths to their success. And I think what's really interesting about that is I definitely think that that was something that Jamie and the guys did is, you know, when they were on Psychopathic, I think they saw what the ICP camp was doing, you know, Violent J and Shaggy Tudope, what they were doing with their business and kind of just hustling and wanting to be hungry and, and always you know, trying to take that next step to, to be successful and surrounding themselves with successful people. I mean, one of the things I thought was really fun and interesting um, when talking to Jamie was, you know, he's like, you know, I know how to do so much, but then I need people who are better at that and I need to address those things. And, you know, you just need to build a team and, and you know, then you kind of divide and conquer and whatever you're great at, you be, you stay successful and you stay doing that thing. But sometimes it takes knowing what your limitations are. And it's... uh it's definitely something after this conversation, I just walked away feeling so invigorated and just feeling so positive. Uh, and, and I don't think you can talk to Jamie and not feel that way. Um, he's just, he exudes, you know, positivity. Uh, you can hear the excitement in his voice and all that kind of stuff. And I fucking love talking to people like that. So without further ado, though, let's get into my conversation with Jamie Madrox and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it. <laughs> It's uh, long enough that I can finally do this, so cracking open the uh, new Deftones beer. Oh, damn. Since it's a ceremony of uh, 20 years in, of your career at this point, and right uh, a handful of interviews today, and I want one. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. Very fresh. I appreciate that. That actually might be my new favorite out of the, the Deftones beers that they've had. That's interesting. They have, you say beers, plural, like there's many to pick from. So literally, like, I know it's not like super in focus, but, uh, okay. Literally what's on my fingers, the Charles Woodson whiskey that I bought, had him sign. Um, but up here I collect two of every Deftones beer, uh, to save. Oh, damn. So I, they, I think this is the, this is the fifth that they've done or sixth. They did one for their festival that I, you can't straight up. You can't get it if you never were at the festival. Um, oh, wow. And then they work with this uh, Belching Beaver Brewing Company, and they have released typically one or two every year. They kind of do them seasonally. So this is the latest one. Uh, they did one for just straight up Ohms, like it's the Ohms album cover. And then this one is uh, an anniversary of like I think the one year of 
excuse me, Ohms being out and it's uh, titled after their uh, song ceremony. And typically they are named after songs. So like that, a uh, one that was like a Brown ill that was called good morning, beautiful uh, off of the self-titled record. Uh, they had digital bath, which was more of a hazy IPA, obviously off a of white pony. Um, a few other ones, but yeah. So this is awesome. one of the few that I've gotten to have now that I got a plug somewhere where I can uh, get them sent to me. Cause here in Michigan, they don't have distribution. So I have to cop that shit on the low. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Got that shit in the mail is what you got. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's $20 right. flat. You send uh, one of those media boxes that just costs a flat rate. And uh, you just Indeed. say, it's, uh, uh, you can say they're seltzers or uh, I've even said that I had canned pickles that I was sending. <laughs> Nice. I, I, I appreciate your tactics. That's uh, you know, awesome. you, uh, it, I mean, it's almost like anything. Like, I mean, like when you were, I mean, not you specifically, but you know, us as music fans, when we would even have to try to, you know, when you wanted something, an album per se, and maybe you couldn't get it, you found a way or found somebody to send you the fucking album, you know, the days of tape trading and so forth. And yeah, oh, uh, all those. Absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, really it's just the same thing. It's just uh, something you can enjoy a little more tactfully. <laughs> we were economical kids. We would buy, uh, I would buy a, a copy of a record. Paul would buy something different. Brian would buy something different. And then we would all trade, trade, uh, like trade up the cassettes and shit. So we could, uh, you know, experience the other thing all for one value. That is that is that is so smart. I I just uh, I fucked over BMG or Columbia House or whatever, and just yeah. I would say that uh, I was my neighbors or whatever, and I yep. would never pay for the other records. 11, <laughs> 11 or twelve CDs for a penny or eleven cents at one point. It was just yeah, that was that was a a crazy wild. Uh, I don't know that I would. I don't know what was it. Was it a pyramid scheme? Like I don't I don't necessarily know what it was, but it was definitely weird. Well, and nobody talks about it anymore. Well, I mean, like, um, let's, I mean, I've never talked about this really, but I mean, let, let's think about the economics of that from an artist perspective. So, you know, gone are kind of the days of albums shipping, you know, platinum, gold, whatever. For but sure. Would that kind of be part of the, the quote unquote scheme to ship something so it would falsify the first week numbers or whatever? Because I would assume with them kind of being a quote unquote wholesaler, that that's the only reason they were able to sell those things for such a, a large cost. I would always, it, it, I mean, I don't know why I thought this and, and I don't know why I still kind of do think this, that I just think that they, it was some sort of uh, I don't want to say a promotional thing, but I, I want to say that somebody, somebody got paid for those CDs. And I think that somebody ended up like writing it off as part of a, a, a I don't know. We nowadays you'd call it a BOGO, buy one get one, or something like that. But it would have been a, like a an eleven go. <laughs> <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> you buy one and you got ten free. It was just like it was crazy. But the idea was, I think, to to lock you in to a contractual obligation where you would buy them then for like thirteen or fourteen dollars. Where them eleven, they'll eat them for the two. The fucking nine hundred dollars they got you locked in and betrothed to. So there was the yeah man. They well, were I think smart at a young age. They, I mean, I don't, I don't think this one lasted nearly as long. But I, I mean, you want to talk about getting fucked on a contract when the right. VHSs were the thing when you could do it with VHSs. I mean, yeah. do you remember when Blockbuster? If you fuck, like, it never happened to me, Love but that. I do. Like them shits, if you didn't, if you lost the tape, they would be like, oh, that's $400 for this cassette. And you're like, how the fuck does this VHS cost $400? Like, because oh, I think yeah. they would. Yeah, absolutely. Stack all the uh, the late charges on you. And the and then, of course, yeah, because it was their, uh, what were they, their template copy, of course. 
you know, I, I forgot to bring back Halloween two, and now you're right. It's like seventy nine dollars. They're like, where? Not real. Not even in the movie theater. I can't even get the actual <laughs> film print for that price. Like, what the hell? So yeah. Well, I think they I'll, used to I'll call I'll it theoretical money. The customer. Well, I mean, I think that's also. I think to a bigger question though is, I wonder how antiquated the contracts were for bands probably getting fucked out of the those CDs going to whatever. Cause I mean, I it, like I said, in, in, in my mind, in my mind, they never, they never, they didn't have shit to do with them. In my <laughs> mind, it was all a record company thing, you know, whatever it was, Columbia or what have you was just like, yep, pick, pick these artists and we'll drop them to you whatever, you know what I mean? Or whatever the case may be at that. That's at least how I want to believe it. Like, I don't think it mattered to those people. They were like, Oh, that's cool. We're offered in that. You know what I mean? Like there's no sweat out. They don't give a shit. It's not until you're hands on that you actually give shits about things like that. When it's, when, at least that's my perspective. It does make me wonder if they could curate something similar, not be as mm -hmm. nefarious with the, the business model, but right, to right. where maybe you could, for we'll say 20 bucks some label some some person some entity curates like here's a little collection of a jazz record a, a hip-hop record or whatever and for 20 bucks we're gonna blindly send you something and like maybe treat it like some of the like i think my wife has something called rocks box where they send uh jewelry and then if she likes some of it then here's what it would cost to buy that or whatever whatever you don't want send it back do something like that with music wow. Like maybe like where it's like, okay, cool. Like here's a little bit of everything. If you yeah. like something, you fucking keep it. If not, send it back. That's interesting. I would think, yeah, that, that, that seems like that could be applied to a, to a now type of uh, idea. Like maybe they, a randomizer sends you links to, you know, fill in the blank due to your uh, specifications of what you check the boxes that you like. And it's something new and interesting to you that you hopefully have never heard of before. And if you should like it, then the album, option to purchase would be there that's interesting record companies if you're listening we're talking about ground changing things right now well, make feel like a lot of money everybody also, likes to make money also feel like you could kind of do it with like up-and-coming bands maybe almost like what the compilation absolutely. used to be for us like back in the day where you would find new bands that way absolutely and it would be something that 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 people would want to be in such as like a uh, like a dj pool or something like that how you would submit your records to be hopefully included in said box of the month or said pick of the month or whatever to try to be featured as one of those bands to have your opportunity because it's i guess that's what it's mostly all about is opportunities in the game it's like how how do i get to the crowd is it is it by, you know, the, the airwaves, the stage, the, you know, like social media, like there's, there's ways to get to, to people and, and, and potential listeners, but that would be, that's, that's interesting though. That, that would be a great idea. Well, I think like part of it sort of is just kind of a, a thirst for finding ways to, I guess it almost goes back to when I used to book shows and I, I book shows because I got tired of people being like, there's no fucking good bands. And you're like, no, there are like, you just, you kind of have to, you gotta be a, participate in some capacity yeah, yeah so like i would be like cool I'll, I'll start booking bands and such and and kind of sort of parlayed into this like where it's like when i started this i had some connects to be like hey do you want to do my bullshit show but i mean you even look at something like i think atlanta's got a really interesting vibe where you go to magic city and like i know on mondays they do new music mondays like where they will literally mm -hmm. break new artists there but i mean the fact that you can look at something like magic city which for those that may not know what it is it's a strip club, uh, one of the most famous strip clubs in Atlanta. And 
people like future and stuff like that, like the new, and I mean, even going back further than that, you know, the hip hop scene of Atlanta grew from, you know, magic city and a lot of the clubs like it. And the fact that, you know, the few times I've been there, I may know one song in the few hours I'm there, but like there right. are people who know all these songs, know the part where when the DJ drops the fucking beat, they'll fucking yell the hook or whatever. And you're like, and then money just fucking rains. And you're like, like, I feel like I'm so out of the loop on some shit, but I also have then the desire to be like, all right, I need to know who the fuck these are. Cause like, this is the shit that's going to pop off. And like these artists in a year or two that we're all then going to know about, but like they know about it now. And so it's right. really like just this, this weird ancillary Avenue where some people would be like strip club, fuck it, play, you know, do host and some Rob zombie and some other classic rock and you're good. And it's like, no, like they're kind of taking it a step further and realizing that they can elevate their own local scene or the scene as a whole by having this ancillary medium of bringing in new music and new talent. And I, I think it's a, a different approach and an interesting idea. And I mean, that place is always fucking packed every time. That's I'm crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Like whatever the platform is to, to get that exposure, you know what I mean? Or get, or get into those potential ears or uh, potential listeners, however, to get at them. So yeah, no, that, that obviously in, uh, in providing a nice atmosphere in which to listen to it in, I suppose given the that, <laughs> said surrounding, but yeah, you know, which is, which is cool though. It adds to, it adds to the ambiance. It's a little above my pay grade. I'd more take my money and drop it in the soup kitchen. Just <laughs> like, come on, man. You know, but to each his own, I get it. I hear it, but yeah, for real though, man, it's, 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 a, it's a vibe. It's, it's a vibe that, that, that like in, again, in this game, in, in this industry, it's like, really really hard to get out there it's so easy to say oh well social media just just go at it go after it you know what i mean but in in the perspective of things it is about your perspective and if you're trying to get in where everybody's at it's really hard to do it's not as easy as they would make it out because people want maximum results and minimal time and that is the problem that's your first fuck up that's your first <laughs> fuck up like wanting everything quickly because nothing comes to those who are quickly, man. When the shit comes quick, it builds ego. When it comes slow, it builds longevity and stature. Well, I mean, real, man. even, I mean, that's a great talking point of, of the new record, but I mean, I don't necessarily want to talk about the record right away, but I think what you're saying, like, I mean, you guys are, you know, 20, I'll at least say that I know of 20 years into the career. It might even be another couple of years before that, before anyone knew who you were. So we might For be sure. looking at almost 25 years of the five year grind. And then the, the quote unquote, I made it which is really sure. the beginning of the, the new grind of like climbing the ladder and so aspiring for Yeah. The next level for sure, man. It's a staircase. Every stair you get up, you look at more and you're like, you either, you want to continue walking or you want to just sit down and celebrate. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we're not, I'm not so much a celebrating kind. We can celebrate and sleep when we're dead and all that other shit. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, man, it's, 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 I think that it, it's, it's like the more hard you work at something, the more beneficial it is. And the more, the more, awesome it is to celebrate it when when those things happen not in the let's you know throw a party but in a wow dude it actually hit and keep moving keep more of that keep doing it you know what i mean it's like it's the real-time reaction i think which is really cool well i mean i think something that's always been interesting about you guys and and i'm not going to necessarily mention you know the where a lot of your career started from with the the, the group and the label and so forth but you know okay. it, it's it's hard not to see like i think you're one of the few that really took you know actually I, I, for reference i have to mention them but like you know it's it's hard not to see what you you know you guys did with when you were on psychopathic and icp and seeing what they built and the foundation they built but you're for one sure. of the few that 
<laughs> basically saw the you know saw the inner workings and saw how all that shit worked and then go yeah we want it that bad too let's go fucking do our own thing and have For now sure. not only started your own label started your own brand still continuing your career nursing other people's careers but then you're now even diversifying into you know you finally got to and my the year might be wrong but i think this is your fourth astronomicon you just did yep absolutely and so i mean it's one of those where you diversified yourselves again, your portfolio for lack of a better term into doing something else. And, you know, having gone to, I think I went to the first one, uh, the Astronomicon, cause I live here in Michigan. So, uh, right I was really bummed that I couldn't make it to the, the one in Ann Arbor cause you know, go blue. But, um, it seems like, you know, you, you were able to do something where even in the midst of a pandemic, you guys once again, showcased your ability to, to think on your feet, pivot, find a way to still make it work, still make it work, uh, for the fans, for the the entertainers who are coming, for yourselves, for the mm -hmm. city, still keep it local. Um, you know, a lot of times you see people kind of abandon their roots, and you totally could have been like, "All right, well, Michigan's basically still kind of on a lockdown. Fuck it, we're gonna go to Florida." Like, I mean, this is where we live. It's 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 fun to have Astronomicon, quote unquote, in our backyard in Michigan because yeah. it makes it, it it makes it more central, where it's easier for us to uh, get a lot of things from from our headquarters so to speak make it sound like a superhero team from our headquarters to <laughs> to the the venue where astro is or whatever this year was ann arbor but yeah um but I, yeah and as far as the other stuff it's like everybody uh, from where we came from with psychopathic a lot of people got those same opportunities as as paul and i did uh a lot of people were given pushes a lot of people were given opportunities in which to grow and shine and i think because i can't speak to anybody else's story i can only speak about my own but I know every chance that we got, we went for ours. We made sure that we learned from the losses and 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 figured out why we won when we did win and keep pushing and tried to learn to build our own so that we could one day be where we are. And and again, how we're building things now to one day, hopefully to the right in, in the time machine, uh, be sitting in a different position in my life because I was doing things now. For that you know what i mean it's been a it's been a process it's been a growing process but i think that uh if you're able to utilize what you're given and and try to find a way to maximize that i mean the 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 what we did while we were there is like a legacy of music that is so important to everybody so it's like it, it all has it's it's like we're we're the fucking pillars in in that sound you know what i mean if, if you so be it, whatever, however you want to call it. So it's like that part to what we do is important because uh, it was part of a scene and part of an effort, which during that scene and effort, a lot of people got, I would say, adequate pushes and, and, and so on and so forth. So, you know what I mean? It's like it's it's been a learning process and I'm thankful that we were able to learn from it and uh, and apply a lot of what we did learn in real time to our situations today yesterday and hopefully tomorrow you know what i mean because it's all about what you retain and what you take with you as you build well you know it's something that's and i think i've said this when i've had you on the last two times to to talk more astronomicon centric things but mm -hmm. you know it, it's always been commendable that you know i think a lot of people are afraid to take risks uh you know, I think the old saying is, you know, high risk, high reward. But it's one of those things where I think at the end of the day, and, and maybe I even kind of pulled this from something you had said, but, you know, not being afraid to gamble on yourself, uh, to, to know, know when to go in sure. all in on you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, 
all that's going to benefit and reward is you. You're going to see the exact, you know, reap what you sow kind of thing. And so it, it was interesting, you know, at the time the la- I last talked to you, you were getting ready to embark on the last or that warp tour you guys did. Mm-hmm. And it was just so funny to, to be able to see you guys. I think for once, not that you were doubted yourselves, mm-hmm. but I think you doubted whether other people would be willing to accept you at the time there, and to see how reservations. It, yeah, for sure. And to see and literally hear like between other people being interviewed on various podcasts and so forth, you know, like I know the every time I die dudes like loved going to see you guys, you know, I know obviously the ice nine kills people. And it's funny because I feel like had you not done that tour, a lot of this new record wouldn't have happened. I don't think at least not now or not how it sounds. For sure. I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason as well. And it's all, it's all part of uh, making those relationships and, and, you know, networking that becomes your net worth in life. The people that, that you meet, the relationships that you create, the, the legacies that you build is all going to be part of what you continue to do if this is what you do. And this is definitely what we do. So when, when I did talk to you, I remember that. And it was just like it was more of a, you know, we we have kept ourselves inside of a bubble for so long at that point in our career that we were like you know, uh, it's, it's humanistic. Will we survive outside of the dome? Holy shit. Do you think it's possible? And it's like, you have to bet on yourself because no one's going to love you like you. No one believes you like you. So if you believe in yourself, others will look and others will see and be like, holy shit. And I think it was even, it was the people who, who really didn't know us or only knew a name that were, that could finally put something with that name and be like, yeah, dude, these guys are shit dude this is amazing like this is so not what i expected it to be and i think it just adds to the longevity of what we do and and the ability to continue to do what we do you know now that i can kind of talk to you about the experience kind of past tense Mm -hmm. you know i i know something that was it was not shocking to me in any capacity um to hear this but you know a lot of people were surprised at how well you guys did with merch how well you guys did with a lot of the things on that tour did you find that you were as I know a lot of people probably looked at you as the outcast in the, the anomaly band. I almost feel like adversely you were able to bring in a different kind of culture into warp tour that hadn't really been seen since probably I'm going to at least say 98, nine, like one of the first warp tours when you had like Eminem on it and stuff like that. Some yeah. of the more kind of underground hip hop at the time. Did you see, did you notice that you guys were bringing in like, a lot of your fans out in droves that maybe had never been to a work tour or really ever experienced any of that. We were, we had the opportunity to meet a lot of people that we haven't seen for like ages. Mm. And the, the question that Paul and I would ask again and again, where did you think we went? Where, where did you think we went? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I haven't seen you since, you know, the outer space tour. I haven't seen you since, Oh, your album, you know, most tasteless was great. Or green book was great. And you're like, so many things have happened between this point and the conversation and where we are today. And you're like, you just want to ask, like, where did you think we went? Did you think we just stopped? Like, you know, I, I, I find myself uh, going down rabbit holes, Googling things that I loved or used to love, or, you know, where did my everything just to see what, what they do, like a, where are they now kind of vibe. So like, 
that was my question to those people. But yeah, man, I feel that we brought out a different, you're right, a, a different type of a demographic to something that, that needed that. And it was, I think, kind of that fresh blood, so to speak, that was like in the crowd and just like enjoying other things. And it was cool because people who came there, like I came here to see you guys and now I love Motionless. Now now I love Ice Nine. Like, like dude, every time I die is the shit. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's just like, that's so cool to me or vice versa. Came here to see them and holy fuck, where the fuck have you guys been all my life? And it was just like, it goes to show you that put in the right position, the different listeners that can be out there that could be attracted to what you do is, is an infinite. You know what I mean? There's no possible, like we've just been experiencing a little bit. I say a little bit because it's, it's been a little bit, but of radio play in, in national radio market and, and just getting acceptance and people enjoying it and having that be a thing where people request the song on radio stations. And it's just, it's like a whole new world. It's something that I'm sure to, uh, you know, artist A through Z, that's old hat to them. It's no big <laughs> deal. But to someone who's been doing this so long and, and at some point was just like, you know, that's not for us again, outside of that dome, there's a whole nother, a whole nother world. You know what I mean? And, and, and to be welcomed into that or, or appreciated for the world we created with ICP, I think is cool as well. It's either one of the two. It's either welcomed into the new world or appreciated for the world that you created. One of the two. I, I, I appreciate both of them. And I think that's a lot of where, uh, where I think a lot of the new people are like, man, this is amazing. You know what I mean? Because if you find us on like Envy or Rose Petal or something and go back and find a cavalcade of music, you're like, holy fuck, dude. You know, it's 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 something for everyone, literally. You know, it's, as you're kind of saying that, I, two, two questions kind of came to mind and they're sort of hand in hand related. So I'll, I'll ask the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you kind of mentioned that, you know, getting outside of your own bubble, your own world and, and kind of, you know, people knowing sort of where you came from. You know, unfortunately, I think, you know, the the juggalo scene kind of gets a, a bad rap, no pun intended. Um, but it's one of those where I think, you know, with, you know, a lot of the, the positive things, the philanthropic things that, you know, I know ICP and you know, like a lot of those guys do and mm-hmm. even yourselves and continuing that, that do you feel like you had a harder climb because of the misrepresentation of the scene you came from the world you came from and the people that exist in it. Do you feel like that has been something you've had to kind of overcome? And I guess an easier, if the question doesn't quite make sense. No, it makes sense. Okay. I want to try to, I want to try to answer it truthfully, but, but I think in order to answer it truthfully, you must understand that, that the world and, and the, the, the overview of them is a culmination of different groups you know what I mean? And they are all blanketed under the title of Juggalo. So our message has remained the same. It's still about being an individual. You're, we accept everybody like Christ. Be yourself. We want you to be happy. If you're alive and you're not being happy, then you're you're not getting your full value, bro. <laughs> Sir, Absolutely. ma'am, you're not getting your full value, man. It's like you you you're entitled to the same happiness that everyone else is whether you find that and 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 to be that part of their life it's like our messages remain the same i think other people went off on different journeys uh, let's just say i think other people went off on different quests and and were trying to find something they were looking for and i think we've stayed the course in what we 
initially cut our path with. And uh, I'm proud to say that we still support that to this day. The, As, uh, the I hope that's the answer, answer, goddammit. I don't know. I mean, none of us know. I mean, I think the other thing, too, is, you know, you were talking about, you know, the first time, like, getting kind of, like, airplay. I think uh, think I've heard – I can't remember if it was uh, Envy or not on Octane. I think got picked up by Octane. But, I mean, you know, you talk about that being a new avenue or a new new world for you. Mm -hmm. Is it interesting – with this record specifically, and this is really kind of inside baseball, but I mean, we've kind of already been talking about it right. where now maybe you're looking at your budget for the record and your advertising budget and now having to also now facilitate a radio uh, plan for like, all right, we got to try to push this out to radio. We want to try to get this out here. We want to start, you know, getting maybe some ads in, you know, revolver magazine or whatever. Like now wow. you're looking at money or advertising avenues that previously you wouldn't have maybe even looked at. Um, in, in some senses we have, uh, exercised most of those that you just named for the last, I want to say two or three releases back. Okay. So like, you know, uh, uh, revelation and, uh, generation nightmare, stuff like that. A A lot of those, a lot of those tactics, uh, have been, have been implemented to those records as well. So it's not like it's something new. It's just different to see someone ask for the song or you know what i mean be be just willing to play it so it's like i mean we've we've been throwing you know like we'll service whatever you know what i mean but the fact that they choose to play it or pick it or it's their choice like there's some djs that just pick whatever they want and they play it and i'm we're just thankful like you pick the one you like at your radio station i i i'm just thankful for the opportunity to be in their ear holes you know what i mean i've we like them all <laughs> we recorded them you know what i mean so it's like i don't you know as far as that goes but but yeah i i don't i don't it's like would that become something as we go forward i guess so if um if the parent company uh as far as engrooves uh, you know want wanted to uh make that uh i i don't know i guess you would say a staple so to speak it's right. just something it's it's something that we have a plan. We're not flying by the seat of our pants, but at the same time we have a plan. And, uh, and as we go forward, I like the idea that our plan can change with us, how we change. So as it's a functioning thing that always kind of caters to what Paul and I and George and Mike are doing with what we're doing. So it's, it's a good thing as as far as where I sit. (laughs) Where did your, I don't necessarily know if business sense is the word, but where did that come from? Cause it seems like you guys collective, I'll just say you, it seems like you have done such a good job of making good business decisions from the jump. And it seems like that's, I feel like something that's inherently in people. I don't think that's something you just naturally are like, Oh, I guess I'm doing this thing and I should probably learn some of the business side of things. Like, have you always right. had a business mind? Um, I, I don't, you know, First of all, I want to give credit where credit's due. We surround ourselves with a lot of intelligent minds. We surround ourselves with a lot of like-minded people as well that understand the brand that Paul and I have built and want to see it flourish and go forward. So, so that trust value is really important. So it's not like we're all just doing it ourselves. But as far as Paul and I, we have been flea market kids since we were little we would trade cards and comic books and toys and buy and sell and trade and all that stuff and inside of that there's um 
a back and forth. It's a dance, so to speak. It's business. It, it teaches you business skills. It teaches you people skills. I think that's another thing a lot of could fall short on a lot of fucking people because of the internet and the inability to be in person. When people are in person, they don't know what to do. They look at their phone a lot because they just don't know how to people anymore. So that's <laughs> one thing that I'm, I'm just being real. That's no, one I, thing that, yeah. we, that we as a people lost along the way. And I think that people who still know how to people hold their self a certain way. And, and it, it, it is a business about it. You know what I mean? And I also think that knowing how to communicate is a big, big deal. Dude, seriously, that I can't say that more than anything. Having, having a good rap with people and understanding people what they want out of it, having them understand what you want out of it, whatever it be. You getting your fucking house painted? Do you getting your fucking grass cut? Are you cutting a record deal? Like whatever it is, make sure you're transparent. I want you to understand. This is what the fuck I want. This is what my guys want, and this is what you want. It's all about a communication level. And I think good people who do good business always seem to find that happy middle, that that medium middle ground. And I think it, they continue to keep going forward. And once you do business with somebody, they obviously know how you do, or you're accustomed to them. They're accustomed to you. It the relationship goes forward obviously as productive the business goes but it, yeah it's super important dude it's it's like level 20 important to know and meet people dude again your your net worth is your network dude talk to people the more people you know the more conversations you have the more you learn the more you retain and you have people to call on if you have a question in life i mean it, it's kind of funny you say that because i feel like you know a, a guest on your record spencer has for mice nine has done I feel like he almost kind of parallels your career in a, in a sense because, you know, and this is kind of, again, kind of a local reference, but, you know, here at the intersection in Grand Rapids, like I can remember that being headlining the stash, which is like a 400 cap room. And that was mm -hmm. what they would do for a while. If they got on bigger tours, they'd probably be a first to four or whatever. Like, and they didn't, nothing changed. Like they didn't change anything that they did, but mm -hmm. I think it just took a little bit for that band to catch on right For time sure. right place but i also think it was spencer in spite of you know a lot of lineup changes and so forth him staying the course him guiding the direction him surrounding himself with people who believed in what he was doing what the band was sure. doing and then when they finally got a good break he was able to take advantage of it and having just seen them you know the other day here you know selling out the main room of the intersection i'm like man like not that long ago you guys weren't that. that band, but like now you are the old songs, oh, like people still know. And it's the come the, man. Well, I think I the other thing that's been interesting to me, and sorry to cut you off, is no, that they re, he reinvested. Like you can tell that they've been reinvesting into their yeah. live show. So when they finally got that opportunity to be a bigger band, they looked like one too. And I think yeah. that's that's something that you guys have seemingly done it really well as well. Is always reinvesting back into yourselves to make whatever it is you do as, as big or as it, as it can be. For sure. Yeah. I, again, I can't speak to, to, to their, their career and, and, and how it comes up, but from what I have followed, I can see much like us, everything they do is better. It's bigger. It's bolder. Everything that they do is more professional and you can just see it. You can, you can feel it. It makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up because you're like, you feel the passion and it comes through and that's how, you know, it's, it's magical what they're doing. And it's like, that's, what's important for, for you know, for, for ice nine, it, 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 same with us too, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the same thing. It's like you say, reinvest in yourself. It's like, no one knows your brand like you. No one's, no one's going to, in, a, in an ever-changing, every single day 
yesterday's stuff is old. This is the new stuff. It's you can't you can't lock into shit like you used to. You know what I mean? Uh, my brother would say rest on your laurels and shit like that. And it's like that those days are gone. It's 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 what do you got today? What's it, what's happening today? And I think that it's that's how it's become and that's how it's going to be a lot more of as we go to the future. But I love that people like Spencer, uh, like our brand and and others, you know what I mean, who do that, who reinvest into their band and and take that experience to the next level and add that more professionalism on it, whether it be taking it to a new mastering house, whether it be, you know, like like always upgrades, always come up. It's 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 part of someone loving what they do. That's what I think. That's my opinion. I can't speak for them. That's my opinion. At least that's what it is on our end. When we want to get something cooler, you know what I mean? We want the, a better microphones or we want a better microphone in the studio or a new board. It's exciting to us because we're like, oh my God, it's going to sound so much better. I can't wait to fill in the blank, sing it in that mic, record in that booth, you know, like whatever the case may be, because like a kid, you're still excited like Christmas morning because you, if you have that excitement, then yeah, man, then you're doing the right thing. <laughs> It's funny, as you were saying that, I couldn't help but think of like, you know, doing this podcast, like I've been doing it for five years, uh, coming up like next month, over, over 300 episodes, talked to so many people that I never remotely thought I'd ever talk to, befriended like probably half of the people I have on the show, which is crazy. And oh, yeah. it's it's one of those like right now, like I have been going through a bit of a, a rebrand on my end where like the logo I have, I, I think is cool. Um, unfortunately I think it's, it's a little, it's a little too wild and out there. I don't think it works for what I want to do. So I had to kind of be like, all right, let's start thinking about a rebrand. Not entirely, but so like I'm going through a friend of mine. Yeah. Yep. So like at this point, like we're going to kind of change the visuals up a little bit, keep the name kind of streamlined, make everything look cleaner. And like, I know the rebrand is going to cost me a bit of money, but it's like it, as you were saying, like, you know, getting excited about like the new thing, like. I told my friend who's doing it like what I want, but I was like, honestly, dude, like, like, uh, it's Porter from a trade. So I was like, dude, you do graphic design. You've redesigned your own band's stuff countless times to update it. You get what basically I'm trying to do. So like, and you know, me, you know, the show, just do what you think will be good. And I'm sure I'll love it. But like, it's stupid that like in my head, I'm like, something as dumb as like when I get the new layout for what's around us, like, I can't wait to see what that looks like. And I'm like, it's just a fucking graphic. That's all it is. It's not even something I can literally hold in my hands, but like, it's It's a fresh step. It's a new vibe. It's a new pair of shoes. It's a new sweatshirt. When you put it on, you feel new, you feel clean, you feel crispy. You're like, Oh, I'm ready for this shit because it's a new step, man. It's, 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 it's therapeutic in some senses too, man, because it's like, it, it gives you, it keeps your vision sharp. It keeps you going and it makes, you know, it's all for good things. God damn it. Yeah, absolutely. But it's one of those where it's, it's crazy because someone's like, well, what's wrong with the one you have? And I'm like, I mean, nothing. But like, I've had it for a couple of years. Like, it's time to change. Like, for update sure. it, do for something sure. different. But it's weird how I look at because it's you know typically talking to musicians and so forth. It's like you guys constantly do it. Like, you know, something I've been really fascinated with the the concept of is you know like you just released this record like uh, shit eighteen days ago. Um, so like two weeks, a little over two weeks. So at this point, it's new to us. Potentially, right. you have been working on this for maybe a year and a half in some capacity, potentially. So, the, on, yeah. 
So the thing that becomes interesting to think about is we're perpetually a two-year cycle away from the experiences that you're currently having. Like whatever is <laughs> happening to you now is informing what you're already starting to work on that we won't hear for another two years. So we're constantly playing catch up to you as creatives. And I don't think a lot of people stop and think about that and how impactful these records can be. Like when you're like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing. And it means so much to me. And you're like, I mean, that's really great. That shit I went through two years ago. You Wait till you hear the new shit. Yeah, no, right. it's, it's and it can be frustrating too because you want to uh you know spill the beans so to speak or 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 explain something that's currently happening in your world but you know that that's just going to take away the heat and the entertainment value of people who are experienced you're, you're very right it's, it's very true and that's crazy though there's not many not many people pay attention to that that's very <laughs> well, good eyes <laughs> well i think I think doing this podcast has made me realize it because, you know, I have friends of mine and it's weird and it still trips me out. Someone will be like either quote something I said or the guest said or whatever. And in some instances, you know, they're catching up to past episodes and I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, Oh, this episode you did. And I'm like, that was three years ago, dude. And like, you know, it's hard for me to remember the exact conversation. I mean, shit, sometimes like you and I are doing this right now. I'll think about it for a couple of days. This episode's probably not coming out for like a month or so. So like by the time I have to do the intros and so so forth for it to kind of keep it somewhat in current time, I have to then remember what I was excited about or something we talked about that was cool. I got you. And to me, that's, that's when I really started noticing that I was like, this is in a very small example, exactly what it's like for you all to create music in the moment, not release it for a while, and then kind of not necessarily have to get re-excited about it, but remember why you were excited about what you created and then talk about we'll try it. Try to go back. Yeah, or try to go back and find that tone or that that mindset when when doing that song. Or a lot of times, which what is awesome about some of the songs is that they are so special. That it's just like putting on, you know, putting it on like armor or something, so to speak, or like makeup or something like it just goes on and you're like, that's it. That's exactly this is how this has to be. It's like some of them are like that. Other ones, yeah, where you start going, you talk about 20 years of music and you're going back and, you know, people are like, oh, man, why don't you ever do the third verse to secondhand smoke? <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> you know, it's been, a, it's, you know, we don't, yeah, it's, we don't listen to the third verses to much of stuff, you know, because it gives you an opportunity to just skip through and have a bunch more other song options, I suppose. Man, I, oh. so RIP DMX, I actually, you can sort of see the bottom of the poster right here from when I saw him at 20 Monroe. Um, I guess I could just do this. Yes. So he celebrated 20 years. Uh, it's dark and hot as hell and mm-hmm. stupid me, you know, cause I come from the rock and metal world. I thought he was performing the whole record in its entirety. Cause that's what we've been conditioned to. So right, I'm listening right. to that record and I'm like, I mean, it's, it's an okay record, but there's not like the bangers on it. Like he would eventually do on like the next, the rest of his career. For and sure. Uh, Rough Riders Anthem is like essentially the second track. So I'm like, you're going to play like your hottest fucking song right away. Like, dude, people are probably going to fucking leave. Um, <laughs> so then, you know, I go to the show and and it's actually just a greatest hit set. So it was kind of cool. But, you know, it was interesting is after he passed, everyone, you know, was playing all these different DMX songs and I'm blanking on the song now. Uh, 
but man, I like people, I think really rediscovered and it would be funny if I could remember what song it was, but, uh, you know, everyone relearned that one of their favorite songs, the first verse is just homophobic as shit. <laughs> and you're like, and everyone's like, dude, I don't remember these lyrics being this. And it's like, yeah, they always Did were, you man. Google those? No, God. Yeah. And so I, you it, know, it's, it's funny yeah. that when people sometimes will forget things. So when some people are like, oh, it never got better than, you know, like, why don't you do that third version? You're like, well, I mean, at the time, that's who I was. Again, snapshot of who I was at the time. I may not be that person anymore. I may not believe right. that. I mean, you look at a band like Paramore, like they don't do misery uh, business anymore because they, you know, Haley doesn't agree with the lyrical content of it anymore and doesn't want to perpetuate like some of that. So it's like interesting. I think Very it's interesting. I mean, in, in our in our case, it's that there are so many songs to pick from. If we do the first two verses, it's usually a Paul and I or a, or a Paul than me or me or Paul or something. We can do a medley or more of them in there. So a lot of the third verses fall victim to just never getting performed and it's just been their way since uh, forever and it's just a running joke between paul and i about how we never get to those third verses because at that point like how you said in our mind we're like we're over this song and it's on the next song as you know people are like wait a minute i was just gonna ride that to the end and you're like no <laughs> we're gonna rock to that now it's like it's just it's just how when we devise the show tape and how we set things up sometimes we segment songs or we make our own mixtape or show tape set tape so to speak. So we have fun in crafting that, but it's just, uh, it's a, it's a running joke between us that we don't ever put the third verses on, but that is unfortunate that, uh, that time people reflect the time and time changes. And then you go back to it and it's like taken out of context or it's added additional context to it because, you know, and it's like, I get it, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the body of their work, I guess. You know, take it for what it is. And uh, I don't know. I guess look deeper into the people if it concerns you that much. <laughs> like, see 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 what's really happening at the root of that song. I, I don't know what else to say. You know what I mean? I, that's, yeah. Well, I think, like, for me, that's always been one of the interesting things sort of about hip-hop as kind of a whole. I mean, it always, I mean, the roots of it really kind of were always about kind of a message you know kind of uh, i'll almost say like same with like the punk movement like of not feeling like you had a voice kind of overcoming your your oppressors or whatever mm -hmm. and so like you know that's kind of where the roots of where it kind of started from but then obviously became more of like party music as well um and so it's always been interesting to kind of see this weird duality especially with most of the men in hip-hop where you know you got an artist like you know tupac where you know have a song like i get around but then he's got a song like dear mama or brenda's got a baby and you're like man that's and like some of those are like on the first fucking records he's putting out and you're like all right this dude's more than this he's still it's still firmly rooted in having a because message those are, because I, I believe that those are people that found their own flavor of tupac and why he's diverse is he had enough flavors to attract all types of different people that all culminated under the same banner that they all love Tupac, mm. which is great because some to some people that was his get around song. And to some people, it's about, you know, love. And it's like it's it's like the true uh, uh, like artist that knows how to be able to cover many topics and do it with their own flair. I think that's that's the mark of a true performer, true artist, true songwriter, true performer. I think so. 
Absolutely. I, I think that's what's always kind of gravitated me toward toward, you know, hip hop and so forth and R and B is just I mean, even still, like, you know, I I got goosebumps yesterday. I saw that uh, apparently the you know outcast were hanging out together because I guess uh uh big boy's kid goes to Oregon or whatever for or plays on the football team or something. I don't know. But mm-hmm. the two of them were hanging out and I'm like, yo shit, that's like the first time since y'all like went on this weird hiatus thing that I think I've seen you two together in the same fucking place. I mean, the fucking Fuji's just got back together and announced a reunion tour. So they gotta be the next ones. Wow. I mean, yeah. And again, it's, it's like, I think that with, with stuff like that, you know, some, some people like to go out on top and just let it be that way. And then I I didn't, I had no idea about the Fuji's, but it makes sense to me because it's just like you get people that still crave for a time that's gone or a music that's gone because, you know, this new music ain't their music. This ain't, this ain't their cup of tea. They still bumping that. So like to go see that live and they're back and it's like, it's just, it's magical, man. It's like, you want to be a part of that history making moment. Like they're back. Holy shit. Is it weird to know that you basically are now, with the the tenure of your career that you provide that for people? Um, I think it's cool. I think it's cool to, uh, to, to at some point know that you have that, that you have value to people, that people found some value in the body of your work or found something in it, whether it be armor, a crutch, medicine, whatever it is, something to get them through their day. I'm honored to be anything for anybody. That's, that's awesome. Cause so many artists and so many like performers and stuff like that were that for me. So to be that, or to be a part of that with Paul for someone else, I mean, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's like one of the unsung perks that a lot of, not a lot of people talk about. Cause I guess it's not cool. Cause you can't wear that <laughs> around the necklace or you can't, you know, <laughs> so I'm just, I'll just go like that and throw out love, 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 love <laughs> for real. Though. I mean, I'm being serious though. Cause it's like a lot of that. It's like people condition themselves to a certain type of how things are. Mm-hmm. And I think that things are how you make them. I think something that's been really kind of, uh, I always say interesting cause I just can never find, figure out another fucking adjective uh, to, that works as well. Um, mm-hmm. But something that I've always been kind of interested in with you specifically is just, you know, like I said kind of earlier, like just, you know, you're so diverse in all the things you present. And Mm -hmm. I love that you are unapologetically yourself and something that, you know, I feel like we don't see a lot of people doing anymore. And I feel like you're kind of you don't do it often, but when you do it, it is always kind of showcases a completely different side of you is like, you know, your kid celebrated his first day of school the other day or a couple of weeks ago, I think at this point. And, you know, that's not necessarily a side that, like, we get to see of you, at least online. Right. So, but when you do do it, it's it was kind of like one of those where I'm like, that's kind of cool. Because, like, it's another side of you that we right. don't typically get to see. But I think also kind of showcases more of a fuller picture of who you are as a person. So I I, I don't know. Like, I know why people don't fucking post it, like in your oh for your, sure for sure why you don't yeah, post yeah. a whole shitload about your kids and your family but i do appreciate like i as a person appreciate that's getting awesome. to see more of the human side of you versus the that's entertainer awesome. side of you i appreciate that no that's that's very fresh we we have uh we have like made a pact with ourselves paul and i a long time ago that so much of us so much of us is for everybody something has to be for us so yeah. that was the the conscious decision but yeah no it's 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 cool because I see other people doing those things. And sometimes I'm like, 
I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm human. I'm doing that. It's part of who we are, man. Life is too short not to live. Adversely, you know, as you just kind of said, like keeping a peace for yourself mm-hmm. and, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but it's kind of right. been something that's been somewhat omnipresent over the last eight months or so on the podcast since I started going through it myself. But, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you and Paul as, as twisted are not who you are. It's, it's, I think in wrestling terms, it's you, your persona cranked up to 11 and just kind of a, a little bit more of a character versus you as a person have. And with a lot of the other things that you have to do, you know, running the business side of things and, and all those things, have you, have you ever had to like go to therapy possibly to kind of find more of yourself to be able to learn to compartmentalize yourself and get like, keep that piece of you for you and your family. And that's only for you guys. Like I know you said you made a pack, but was there a moment maybe that made you need to lead up to that or something? Um, no, I mean, you know, we, we always just like the way that we were with, with the vibe that we were putting out there, it was a family vibe. We knew that people would bring their families to the show. It was just something that we just made that decision that that would be for us. And as far as, I don't want to answer the question as far as the therapy stuff, um, because, uh, I won't say yes or no, because people who need help should get help. And, and I strongly encourage those who need it to get it. But I will say something that is very true is I find therapy in a lot of our songs. It's Mm. therapeutic to me to be able to vent and speak my mind and to get things out of my head and get them on paper to, to get things that, that, that are circling in my head or a way that I feel, or I feel some way about something. And I'm going to take that negativity and turn it into an amazing song that hopefully will resonate for someone else. I find therapy in that kind of shit. And, uh, for the most part, it works for me and, Mm -hmm. and still does thankfully. So, so it's like when I hear people find a song that might've been something that was helping me and it helps them, it's the greatest shit ever. You know what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. it's important because that means that it does work even if for one person, because that would be two because it worked for me. (laughs) So two is better than one. Just one of those things, like I said, like having gone to therapy myself, like for, for sure. Almost more of a, for me, it was kind of more of the, the being more of an empath and people kind of unburdening a lot of shit on me. And it was just like, what do I do with this? Like, how do, how can I for sure handle my for own sure. shit while I'm also trying to handle somebody else's as well? And so that's kind of what made me seek it out. I mean, I think a lot of people probably had to start internalizing during this last two years, but it's one of those yeah. where yeah. when I think Especially- about, go ahead. I was just going to say being left alone in, in, in this whole trying times and trapped inside the house. And you have a lot of people who are having mental issues or, or going through a, a crisis in their own life. And, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do is be an ear, listen to those people, let them vent, let them get it off their chest because sometimes essentially that's all anybody wants to be is just hurt. So that's super duper important. Um, but but yeah, to be able to to be a voice for somebody or perhaps you put on a song and and those lyrics hit for you. That's your life. We're singing about you. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean? It's like in some strange ways, it'll find its way to you. It's always been that way. So I believe in it. 
<laughs> Absolutely. You know, I kind of one of the last few uh, topic or questions for your topics, but uh, sure. you started working with a good friend of mine. And I actually just saw him last night, uh, Chad Nicefield. Yeah. How has it been working with him and how did that relationship kind of start? Cause it, it's been weird to see him getting his hands into a lot of different things since, you know, his band Wilson uh, kind of called for it sure. a day. Um, him and George, my manager, are, are friends and we kicked around and, and I see him places and we first started and we were doing a couple tracks and he was like, we were ping pong and ideas back and forth with each other. And then lo and behold, he's like the executive producer on the video. And I'm just like, I, you know, I, I, I love this live <laughs> dude, like get, get your hands in and like be hands on, like, like get in there and, and make what you want out of life, dude. Again, like I can't say it enough. It's too short. And for people that it's over for, you know, think of all the things they could, could have done. So if you have the opportunity to do those things and you use any of the fucking excuses that people go to, uh, whatever, it's like, don't let the excuses hold you back, make excuses of why you should. Mm. Yeah. He's definitely one, uh, you know, him and I go like, he was actually, I love the grind, dude. I respect the hustle. I love dude, it. He, he was one of the first people I booked Wilson and actually the house I'm still in right now where I'm recording yeah. this, they, they played in my basement and it was funny. Cause when they got done, cause he obviously was uh, booking at Crowfoot and he goes, mm-hmm you ran this show better than some venues I've been to. Like the way you have people load into your other like utility room. So then mm-hmm. the band that's done gets access to the stairs. The other bands come in behind them. Like yep. you ran this better than a lot of shows I've literally seen at like legit venues with quote unquote professionals. Why don't you do this in another, like on that level? And I go, Oh, I don't know how. And then he goes, all right, next show you want to do email me. Tell me where you where you think you would like it to go, where you think it'll do well. I'll get you connected and I'll get you on your way. There and you that's like how that like how I started booking shows at like some of our like still can't believe it, like the intersection and you know pyramid See, scheme and stuff like that. Communication led to a relationship which led to you taking a gamble on yourself, which again brought about I don't want to say a side hustle, maybe a permanent hustle, but a new a new something, a new skill set to your to your repertoire, man. That's all good shit. That's all. That's a whole fucking domino effect of some great shit because you took the time to meet people and yeah. your impression on those people were that dope that they remembered you and was like, hold on a minute. Why don't you do like when someone pulls you to the side and says that kind of shit, you're doing something right. You're doing something special that, that they take notice to because people don't do that all the time. So the fact that that did happen, which, by the way, he's a great guy and he would notice he's he's a stickler for detail. He would notice. And and it just it just speaks volumes to obviously what a great job you were doing. And more importantly, how he took notice and wanted to let you know that it's just yeah. it's all good shit, man. Seriously, it's all about that. But yeah, so I, I knowing like, you know, something I always talk about on the show is just, you know, when people pivot. So like some people might wallow and be like, oh, my band's not a thing anymore. And I don't get to tour or whatever. Chat, you know, we did a chat and chat uh, and it was one of those where, you know, we talked about the end of the band and got really real and serious about it. But it's been great to see him find a new pivot and find a new way in an industry that he's been working in for so long where it's like, okay, touring doesn't exist. Can't book shows. All right. My band doesn't exist. Not doing that. What can I do? Okay, well, in my time of being in Wilson, I got really into making videos. Uh, in my time of being in my band, I took more notice of producing and working on like being a behind the scenes person and mm-hmm. all those kind of things. So it's it's one of those where I mean, he's even in the video for Envy. Um, 
So it was one of those where it's like, I, I, I love giving kind of the spotlight to something like that, where it's like, he may be to most people that would listen to this that are your fans. People probably don't know who he is or what he's done, but I think right. it's good to shine a spotlight on something like that. Talk about it for a minute from your perspective and mine to be like, here's a dude that fucking has facilitated a lot of things for not only himself, but for now for you, myself, even going back in the different facets I've done in this, in this industry myself. And I always like championing people like that. And it just kind of being like, Absolutely. you may not be the, the main focal point, but that doesn't mean you can't help people be who are the focal point, help achieve oh, what they're looking for. So absolutely. I like talking about people like that. The whole pandemic caused people to think fast on their feet and it brought out the best in a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We, we found a work ethic in us that we hadn't seen in forever. And, and it just to realize what you provide to a person and to be that knowing that people now are going to be trapped in the house. You know what I mean? They need entertainment. You know what I mean? It's on you. It's your job. You took this, you took this oath. This is what you do. So get after it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? So it's like, and in, in, in his situation, he's like, you said the pivot, he was like, man, he took advantage of what was in front of him and ran with it and wore those hats in order to stay in the business and do what he does. And he's very good at what he does. And I think it's cool to watch him grow and, uh, and become other things on his journey of where he'll end up. Absolutely. Cause I don't know where the hell he'll end up. Who knows with, with, with him, you, you know, you do not know. And I love that. And that's, that's yeah, awesome. So it'll be fun for us to all watch how it evolves. Well, Shout I think that I think that's a, a good place to wrap up because I think that encapsulates, you know, this new record, which I know we didn't talk specifically about the new record, but I feel like a lot of what we've talked about is correlated to the record. You know, like I said, it, it's it's a snapshot, but we've talked about, you know, traversing different fields, kind of pivoting as we just kind of were and Absolutely. things happening that lead you to where you are now. And I feel like that's a great example of what unlikely prescription is sonically for you guys it, it's a new avenue a new lane but really for a lot of us that have been paying attention to your career you've always kind of had pieces of this this is just you kind of fully immersing yourselves into it and kind of showcasing to the rest of the world maybe who wouldn't have given you sadly the time of day because of how it was presented um, it's true actually you, okay. you hear it the most you hear it the most in uh in as as we were coming up with freak show like mm. that was the first type of first time around when we were starting to get like acceptance from like circus magazine and hit parader and, and stuff like that. And you just saw the, the, the love and the effect and how being a part of that greater whole had an effect on what you were doing. And, and again, it's just, you know, it's, it's been something that's been, like you said, throughout our career and it's just different to, and fun at the same time to be able to switch it up so late in the career and still have fun with it and still keep people on their toes, still come with stuff that makes everybody excited and want to listen to more. And, and I love that, you know what I mean? And if for some reason it, it, it falls on deaf ears, we still do what we do. And we have more of that coming for you too. We have a brand new record coming out in Halloween for the month of October. And, uh, and, and that'll be fun. And you can find some of your, uh, your, your old school vibes for those, because we know, we, we know just like when we were talking about with the Tupac, make songs for everybody. We appreciate mm -hmm. everyone's time and we appreciate everyone's time that they've given us throughout our career. So we want to make sure that we speak to all of that when we consider what we do as we go forward. I have kind of a weird question and potentially you're, you're going to laugh at how sort of naive it is. Oh shit. 
but something that I noticed on listening to the record, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of swearing on the record. Was it hard to break yourselves of maybe f- falling into that habit? Um, no, uh, it's, it, it was, it seemed like when you look at it from the greater whole, it's a deterrent and a lot of things that you want to do. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you have a target and you have the perfect gun and the perfect bullet <laughs> and you, you, you shoot at your target in theory, you, you hit the target. It's like, we didn't want to make the, the sloppy bullet for the gun. You know, it's like, it's just, everything is just a, a cuss festival. You know what I mean? It's like in, in also, uh, being conscious of the listener demographic. I think that's a lot of part with, we talked about that earlier with uh, the whole, uh, the vibe from where we came from and everything. And it's just like, you know, kind of, kind of laying boundaries down and being conscious of knowing that you have all ages listening to your music. And as us being parents, uh, it's important to know that what you hear, if I heard my kids listening to that music and I listened and I'd be like, it's deep, but it's not what I thought. I thought it'd be motherfucker, fuck, bitch, fuck, fuck, bitch, cunt, whore. You know, like, it's like, it's, it can be so much more than that. There is an art, art, art and artistry to what we do. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. That's, uh, that's what I got. <laughs> no, I think it's a challenge. It, it's, it's also challenging too. You know what I mean? It's like, we, we still, we still cuss. Oh, I, I, sure. I, speak, I speak fluent trucker and, uh, and sailor. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's just being conscious to know what's going on and, and knowing that what you're putting out there for people hopefully can be something that can be digested by everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It just was one of those things, like I said, like having known your career to yeah. not see this album with a parental advice sticker on. I was like, is that a, huh. is that like, that was, like literally yeah. like just, just the album cover before I listened to anything else. I was like, Huh. Yeah, and then it's like I know there's some sprinkled throughout, like on the record, and they got the ease next to them. But it was mm-hmm. one of those, like even in reading the lyrics and so forth, I was like, I felt that. Unfortunately, like I, I wish people could look past like swearing as like, oh, well, it's you're dumbing yourself down. It's the lowest common denominator. But I do think there is a little bit of credence to that ideology, mm-hmm. and it does make me wonder. Like, and you kind of hit on it already, but it does make me wonder if there are going to be people who listen to this and not only will be surprised at the the sound of the record, but then even go, wow, like I thought they were just foul mouth motherfuckers. That and ironically, that's probably how they'll say it too: foul mouth motherfuckers, foul mouth motherfuckers. And and to a point, we are foul mouth motherfuckers, yeah. and we'll we'll speak to people in that same regard. But I think there's something about being able to, like I said, make a product that I know that I want everyone to hear it and everyone can enjoy it. No matter the, the, the Christmas song kids from one to 92, you know what I mean? It's like, I know you can listen to it. There's, there's families that listen to our music again, being conscious of these things, being conscious of all of these things and know that there is a mom and a dad somewhere that have a kid in a baby seat and they're bumping this song and the kids loving it and singing it. You know what I mean? And it's like, being conscious of that and wanting to make something that, you know, like when I was growing up, I was singing, you know, love gun, didn't know I was singing about, you know, Gene and Paul's dick, (laughs) but (laughs) you know, again, it wasn't like, you know, my dick, you know what I mean? It was, it's like, again, it was done in a creative way, an artistic way to put it out. And I just, I, I think there's, there's a certain type of uh, lost, effort in that. I think a lot of people, it's far easier to just 
cuss up a bunch of stuff and more <laughs> challenging to make uh make something with a little more substance. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Look at these guys yeah. growing on you. I just grew <laughs> a little bit more during this interview. Look at that growing on you. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. Like I said, I just turned 37 like a week ago. And hey, it's man. it's weird when you get to like an age like 37 and, you know, especially with social media and like time hops and stuff like that. And you'll see something and you're like, oh, yeah, man, 25 year old me said some really prophetic shit. Unfortunately, 37 yeah. year old me is still looking at it going, why the fuck didn't I listen to that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, you know, uh, me being 913 in vampire years, I, 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 I can relate to everything you're saying. And I just think that that's part of the growing process. Without error, we won't know what's correct. Without, mm. you know, like you, you, you can't learn to tell the truth until you lie. You know what I mean? You can't learn. Like you have to, you have to know what you're doing in order to learn it out. So in, in the fact that you would have errors and imperfections on your way to where you are now, that's why it's called a journey. That's mm. part of living and, and learning. Learning still exists. You still can do it. You can pay attention to a lot of things in the world. And now with the invent of the internet, you can learn how to build an alternator. You can learn how to make homemade ice cream. You know, there's a lot of things out there you can aspire to do. It's a lot easier now today than it was, well, at least when I, when I was a kid or obviously when you were a kid. You know, there's a lot of more advantages now, which at the same time, can be advantages. And we talked about that too, how it can cripple people because now you don't know how to people. Now you know how to build an alternator and make ice cream from scratch, but you can't talk to a person in a room without looking at the ground or your phone. So yeah. balance your shit. It is your world. <laughs> Get after it. That's Lastly, where can uh, everyone find you or whatever you would like to plug uh, online? Um, you can, there, we have, uh, Twitter is at tweet me so hard, uh, official twisted is Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me at, uh, at pops underscore and underscore vintage on Instagram. Um, and yeah, man, we're on there all the time. We're always on the socials. Uh, Paul's always on there. He's got, uh, Paul's pops. You can follow us and, uh, and, and we chop it up on the daily and, uh, and, and kick it with people. And that's our way to connect with people. And just those experiences, like you said about talking about my kid and stuff like that. It's like the, the network of, of family that we have brought with us through time that has been with us through time. It's like watching them grow, watching them make their accomplishments. You know, Jamie Madrox, I just got my master's. Holy shit, Jimmy Madrox, I'm a doctor now. Holy shit, Jimmy Madrox, my kid just got, you know, my kid just went to kindergarten. Oh shit, you know, look at me, mom at home now. I don't know what to do. It's like, we're a part of their lives. They're a part of our lives. And again, those those relationships are, are part of why I think a lot of how we are and now is is shaping how who, who we become mm -hmm. and how we met. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I uh, would like to take the opportunity talking about uh, gratitude and all that kind of stuff as we sort of have throughout the podcast. I would like to uh, extend a heartfelt thank you uh, for always coming on my show. You were kind of one of the first bigger guests, even though it was to kind of talk about Astronomicon and, and kind of, you know, plug that, um, you know, the few avenues between like, you know, having you on and then even having, uh, you know, some of <laughs> having someone, uh, God, why am I totally blanking on his name? Um, God damn it. Uh, Jesus Christ. It'd be a lot better if I could remember. Um, the other half of, no. uh, I was going to say the other half of, uh, Bazaar's duo with, uh, from D12. Um, God oh, damn it. Lars? Yeah. So the other oh, half of Lars. Uh, um, King Gordon. King yes. Gordy? 
Yeah. So gotcha. I King, had King Gordy on many years ago and that was a wild ass chat. And it's one of those King though. Gordy. And the, the sentiment uh, that I was trying to convey before I blanked on King Gordy's name um, oh. was more that every time I've had someone from kind of your space on, because like I said, typically this is a hardcore metal show and stuff like that. The mm-hmm. fan base that you all have has shown nothing but support and love for, for my show and also speaks very highly to the fact that I've never, even if I go not necessarily my scene, I don't like fuck with all of it. I fuck with some of it that they're right. like, at least you're appreciative and understand and have the knowledge of where everything came from. And you don't like slam us for whatever. So wow. I love the support that I get from your demographic of people who aren't necessarily maybe what is on my show, they but are good people. I promise you. They are. And I just wanted to say thank you for always taking time to talk to me uh, over the course of the tenure of this show. So my uh, challenge will hopefully be the next time we get to do this in a year or whenever, we'll actually get to do one of these in person because that seems like the next goal. So that, that, that'll, I'm with that. I appreciate you, man. Thank yep. you for having me on, John. I appreciate you. And uh, thank you for everybody watching. And uh, let's do it again, man. There you go. If Have not good- in person, we'll do it again. We'll just for sure. Keep, keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, until the next time. Cheers. So that is my conversation with Jamie Madrox again of Twisted. Again, their newest album, Unlikely Prescription, is out now. Uh, it's more of a rock-based record. Uh, I think you're really going to like it. Really strong fucking hooks. Not saying they didn't have good hooks on their old material, but it's just wild. Like Sometimes you, you, you wonder if someone's going to struggle when they kind of play around in a different genre a little bit, if it's going to be a little bit harder for them to find their way to writing good hooks and stuff like that. But you know, very much like business, the ones that are dedicated to their craft are going to find a way to be successful no matter what it is they do. And this is a shining example of of these guys, you know, having success in a slightly different medium, something they've kind of fucked with for a little while, but kind of going full down the road of of kind of rock. Um, and I mean, God damn, some of the guests they have on this record, whew, just so fucking good. Um, but it's one of those where, uh, again, I just walked away, uh, knowing that I was going to enjoy this conversation. It was really great also getting to just talk to Jamie, not having to kind of plug Astronomicon, which we kind of did in the beginning anyway, but was more like, I didn't need to focus it to sell this thing. I just got to talk to this person I've wanted to have this conversation with for a while. It just, unfortunately, that wasn't why he was on the show. So this was the opportunity, uh, I finally was waiting for. Uh, all of that to say, too, um, I want to give a shout out to my friend Chad, uh, who we talked about at the end, uh, formerly of Wilson. Uh, you probably have heard him on this show. I love that dude to death, and uh, I will always champion him. And I love talking about, again, successful people. I love talking about things that people may not see people doing. And Chad, what he does now is very much a behind the scenes kind of a person. And I I just want to champion in what he does. And also the other point of that is sometimes to, you know, we talk about pivoting quite a bit on this show. And it's one of those where I feel like the better thing to do is sometimes talk about these people in the industry and these, and these things they do that maybe you, you don't see or don't get the accolades that everyone else does, but it can be your entry point into the, in the industry and the business. Um, every opportunity you have to network with someone can open up a new door down the road and you just never fucking know. Uh, my time doing this podcast, booking shows, you know, being in a band, whatever, when I was, it's funny how all of those relationships that I've maintained have informed and helped my, myself really 
in different capacities, but also have allowed me to help other people and put certain people in places to be, you know, furthering their own careers and so forth. So, uh, love Chad. Hope, you know, dude's doing really well with the holidays and all that kind of stuff coming up. Uh, he did a shitload of work on this Twisted album and so many other things uh, that are just happening behind the scenes. So proud of that dude, proud of the Twisted dudes. And uh, to kind of wrap this up, if you want to keep up with Twisted, it's actually really simple. You can just go to twisted.com. That is the landing page for everything, as it usually is for everybody else. Uh, everything is in the show notes as well. If you just want to follow them on Facebook, it's at facebook.com slash twisted. Uh, if you'd like to follow them on Instagram, it's official twisted. Jamie can be found at pops underscore and underscore vintage. And uh, on Twitter, you can find the band at Tweet Me So Hard. Still one of my favorite Twitter handles. Uh, again, if you would like to keep up with this podcast, just go to BruceSpeakPod.com. That is a landing page for everything. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash BruceSpeakPod. Everything you want to know is all over there as well. If you want to email us, brutallyspeaking at gmail.com. I'm uh, going to keep this one short, and we are going to wrap up this episode, as we always do, with a lot of gratitude for our sponsors. So thanks to Rockabilia, thanks to On Point Palmade, and thanks to The Bean Bastard. And we are going to get out of here, and we will talk to you all next week, where our episode's guest is Matt Musty, drummer for Train. Talk to you then.